From ABC News, I'm Michelle Franzen. On Capitol Hill, FBI Director James Comey is expected to answer questions publicly tomorrow for the first time about President Trump's wiretapping claims and Russia's alleged meddling in the presidential election. ABC's David Wright has more. This hearing promises to be a blockbuster. It's a hearing before the House Intelligence Committee, James Comey's first public comments since the election on two big stories, Russia and wiretapping. He's in a position to know as the nation's top law enforcement officer, the truth behind both of them. It'll be interesting to see how much he says publicly. Privately, Comey has made it clear that he sees no truth behind President Trump's assertion that President Obama bugged the phones at Trump Tower. The Republicans' health plan to replace Obamacare remains on track for a Thursday vote in the House, but the battle continues on ABC's This Week. Senator Rand Paul says the bill falls short. We ran on repealing Obamacare because it doesn't work. They're going to repeal part of it and leave in place all of the stuff that causes your insurance rates to go through the roof. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson finishing up his first tour of Asia, meeting with China's president in Beijing this morning. Tillerson's visit focusing on North Korea's nuclear weapons program. Leader Kim Jong-un responding with a test of a rocket engine. ABC's Bob Woodworth reports from Beijing. During this trip to Japan, South Korea and China, Tillerson said the U.S. will change its strategy dealing with North Korea even potential American preemptive strikes are, quote, on the table. A good chance that President Xi and President Trump will meet together in Florida next month, but that is not confirmed yet and no date set. Bob Woodruff, ABC News, Beijing. The SpaceX Dragon module undocked overnight at the International Space Station, returning to Earth moments ago, splashing down in the Pacific. The company tweeting it is returning full of NASA science and research. You're listening to ABC News. Here's a special message for those of you who owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes. The IRS has special programs in place that could eliminate or reduce your tax debt by thousands of dollars. With a call to National Tax Helpline, you can stop the wage garnishments, levies, and tax liens now. Once you've qualified and enrolled, the IRS will stop all the collection activities against you. These unique programs have been allocated to help the economy and significantly reduce or eliminate your tax burden. The IRS is currently accepting reduced settlements and other favorable programs you may qualify for substantial savings so get the help you need if you owe the irs ten thousand or more call now for free information and to see if you qualify take down the number now for the tax helpline 800-805-1055 that's 800-805-1055 for free information 800-805-1055 that's 800-805-1055 this paid commercial may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Radio. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Radio does not take responsibility for those statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. 
because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway, and together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I have breaking news. I just found out that Nikki tapped my phones. Is that true? <laughs> I did. No, you didn't find no, out. Now I know everything about she you. She didn't find out spit either. <laughs> oh, and do you have any evidence? No, none whatsoever. <laughs> no, gonna, actually, do you have any evidence? I'm going to let the Senate Intelligence Committee do their work and find out. Okay. All right, so we got a great show today. First off, who don't love Thai food? No, every, there's so much to love now because... Uh, BKK Thai Cook Shop, or as we call it, BKK, uh, it just opened up. Uh, Ralph Brabham is in. That rhymes with Grabham, right, Ralph? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Ashera Vixitabut is in. She's the uh, culinary genius behind this place. Um, these are the folks that own Bowtie, and they moved out of the original Bowtie location. We're going to be hearing from them. And they opened up BKK. They're two Bowtie locations, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, not bad. Is. All right. And Philip Green is back in studio. We're so thrilled to have him. He is a fountain of information on what's going on in the cocktail world. Uh, he already was like filling stories about what he's doing with different cocktails. He's got so much rich history, and he's going to inform us today because he's doing an <clears throat> event that goes hand-in-hand hand with uh, the Shakespeare Theater, which is performing the select The Sun Also Rises, which is a Hemingway classic novel, which uh, Philip Green is a authority on. He's, so he's a Hemingway fan. He is. So. Stay away from that shotgun. Okay. All right. So... Uh, uh, next up is a guest whose story is really, truly fascinating. Uh, chef Tony Conti, who worked with jean you were the executive sous chef, really, for Jean-Georges in New York, right? Yes. And then came down here and and and, and had nothing but stardom at uh, Shook Bajaj's Oval Room, decided one day that he was going to go back to his roots. I don't think he just decided one day. He did. I'm sure he, it took some time, a lot of thought well, and process. Well, he went, he went to Darnstown, which is right near us, uh, up 270, Kinda. And he opened up Inferno, which is, uh, it, it's the full name is Inferno Pizzeria Napolitana. <laughs> and uh, he's making gourmet pizzas like you wouldn't believe. So we're going to talk to Tony. And, and, uh, and more. Tips. He brought in some gorgeous other dishes. He brought Not in some pizzas. gorgeous other dishes he's because more. he's a top chef. Yes. All right. right. Okay. And we're rich in culinary diversity and, and settings today because Jason Johnson is in. Jason's the executive chef at what is nothing short of the glorious MGM National Harbor. Nikki and I spent uh, had we a, did vacation a vacation that was awesomeness. We had so much completely. fun. So they have great food, great stuff. We're going to hear from Jason about why he never sleeps <laughs> right. and why everybody eats well out there. And speaking of booze, you know, we got Phil Green talking booze and pouring, and pouring some cocktails. Booze. But we have more booze in studio. Uh, Nicole Hassoun is here. She's the head distiller for Joseph Magnus and Company, and she's in talking about her. Fine spirits. We're talking vodka, gin, and more. And why don't we start with you, Nicole? Because everybody should get lubricated before we have to do this show. <laughs> I think that's don't a great think? idea. So why don't you do... Uh, Let's get the elevator speech. Tell us a little bit about Joseph Magnus. Yeah, so Joseph Magnus was a pre-prohibition distiller out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm -hmm. His great-grandson, Jimmy Turner, is the reason we exist. So somebody post-prohibition was also distilling, I yeah, yeah, you know, we, we, don't, we don't have proof of it, but I am sure right. somebody post-prohibition was distilling. Uh, but the great-grandson is the reason that we're, we're back doing what his great-grandfather did. Mm -hmm. And uh, we wanted to do well by the name of Joseph Magnus. At one point, from 1892 to up till Prohibition, he was... I think we went to high school. A pretty great when national we, brand. He had a great yeah. three-point shot. Exactly. He was a dapper gentleman, but I you're tell no, you. But you're no uh, 
Wallflower yourself, you were the bartender of the year, named by the Washington Post. It right? was, in 2014. yeah. 2014. Yeah. Diminutive yet powerful. I can, I can make a mean drink. I can drink a mean drink. That is <laughs> very true. Well, speaking of making mean drinks, what are you going to make first? So, today, plans have changed a little bit. It was going to be a Vesper Martini. It's going to be amazing. All right, get out. We're going to do... <laughs> What what can we think of like a really bitter uh, villain from James Bond? Because right. that's what we're doing. It's gonna be like a Vesper, but we're gonna use this amazing Peugeot Aperitivo that uh, Phil Green brought in, and I'm okay. so happy to and use which, it. Um, so, but you have an array of liquors in front of you. Yeah, Tell us so quickly. we'll be tasting my vodka. I uh -huh. have two gins. You're getting a sneak peek at my Navy Strength gin, which okay. is the gin I made for myself. Terrific. And then we're gonna taste uh, our Joseph Magnus bourbon, which is our triple cask finished nine-year bourbon, Murray Hill Club bourbon, and then also something that nobody else gets to taste is the Cigar Blend bourbon, which is cool. uh, always sold out. So but right now we're starting with the gin. Let's start with the gin All right, vodka. you get pouring. I just love that. It sounds like such a like a distiller's name, Magnus. Mag it? Magnus. It does. It's a strong, strong name. It sounds like a dog's name, quite frankly. <laughs> I think that's our next It sounds like name. a dog's name? <laughs> yeah, like, like a big, burly dog. Nicole, Magnus. Nicole's going to spit in your drink. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go. Uh, all right. We'll come uh, back to you, Nicole. So, Ralph and Ashera, let's, let's start Hi. with you That was guys. an amazing pronunciation of Ashera's name, oh. I must say. <laughs> Yeah. Did I do it right? Yes. 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 Look at yes. me. Yeah. A lot of See, people don't get it on the first try. That? I don't like uh -huh. that. What? The son thing. Can we stop that? He's could be my son. No, no, he's way too cute. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll, tell, I'll tell your sons that. Anyway, why don't you give us a little bit of background and talk about bow tie first, and then we can talk BK. Yeah, and how you all like how you came together, came up with the concept, and totally. then Totally, and Asher, You're not brother and sister. We are uh, <laughs> husband and wife. No, we're not. Uh, Asher is cutting me eyes. I'm usually Your husband the... almost dropped his drink behind you. Exactly. So, My husband would throw his drink. Say what? Uh, one of the most common questions we're asked is how um, a Thai lady and a little a guy from North Carolina uh, joined forces and mm -hmm. opened a Thai restaurant. I was... Uh, Fortunately, brought along for the ride by Astra, whose dream was to open her own Thai restaurant. Back in 2010, I was practicing law at a big D.C. law firm, and we were friends, uh, not as uh, intimate friends and close, basically, family as we are today. But uh, she signed a lease for the first bow tie. Mm -hmm. I needed some legal work. Uh, I uh, did the work for her and became personally vested in her success as a uh, restaurant owner. And one thing kind of led to the other. I was painting the walls of the original bow tie and <laughs> assembling furniture. And then next thing I knew, I was bartending on the weekends and going to the market with her and uh, part owner. And the, the rest kind of just fell into place. But so the original bow tie was in an interesting location because it, it's like you were in Shaw before it was Shaw. Like, you know, you really kicked off, right? Exactly, yeah. So, and, and uh, Asher, please jump in. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, the, original, uh, the original location was at the corner of New Jersey and R, which is now where our restaurant BKK Thai Cookshop is. Right. Uh, Ashra really was uh, the force behind identifying that location. She would she was looking for a, a location for her first restaurant mm -hmm. and looked at various places throughout the city and just would, would sit and observe and saw lots of people, lots of activity in the neighborhood, which really hadn't had a new sit-down restaurant in that area in quite some time, and saw that there was there was foot traffic, that there was there were there were families and and people yeah. that would dine. Well, let's talk about the cuisine because I, I read up on you. You you yes. basically stood at your grandmother's elbow and 
learned how to cook as yes. a kid, right? Yes, yes. Um, my mother is a very good cook, and so I learned a lot from her. Um, we have five in our family, so we have to uh, divide it, all the household things, and I'm the one who always in the kitchen helping my mom doing this and that all the time. Look how that worked out. Right. Yes, <laughs> yeah. That's what I always tell my moms. After a while, when I get back home, I will say, Mom, you spend so much money on me. Mm -hmm. Take me to go to school, go to university, and then look what I end up. Yeah. <laughs> cooking. It's yeah, okay. cooking. We have That's the same all. thing with our kids. We do. That's <laughs> very true. Just, just, just yes. jump over that college thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah. but with the two concepts, what were you trying to put out there? Like, with, like for people who haven't been to Bowtie or haven't been to BKK Kitchen, explain the differences and sort of the, the way you're showing off the cuisine. Um, okay, let's start with uh, Bowtie first. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason I do it, because I feel like um, a lot of um, people don't really know well how we cook at home or how we cook Thai food. So I try to do everything from scratch, like uh, the curry, whatever in the kitchen, all the sauce and everything, I make it from scratch because mm -hmm. I know that it will taste a lot better. And then I want to uh, the customer to really enjoy the Thai food, really Thai food. Mm -hmm. But uh, after that, for BKK, um, I feel like um, I like noodle mm -hmm. myself. So and then why? why? Who doesn't like noodles? Yeah, but why I was here, why I'm here in DC, it's very hard to find the noodle that I eat at home mm -hmm. because not many places that have Thai noodle. Most people know like a pho Vietnamese noodle, right. which I love it different. So or I talked to Rob, like the yeah, noodle, right? or Japanese, mm -hmm. yes. So I talked to Rob that I want to present Thai noodle okay. in the way that I eat at home. Mm -hmm. That's how BKK are coming. So what is the difference? Tell us about the noodle. Uh, I think the test. Um, you can see a lot of uh, Thai dishes. Uh, we always mix and mash the test, like uh, sweet, sour, salty. Mm -hmm. We always mix and then make it a good test, which mm -hmm. uh, I think is a little bit different from Japanese mm -hmm. or Vietnamese, which is the they just make the broth, but in Thai we make from variety, from coconut milk, mm -hmm. from uh, a lot of things. So are you making your up. own noodles now, or? Oh no, uh, I didn't make noodle. Uh, we have supplier, mm -hmm. but we make the broth and all the thing that mm -hmm. put together. And the I will say though, tough. Yeah, yeah, right? we we do have the noodles made for us here in D.C. Mm -hmm. But one of the differences of the noodle dishes, because we of course have noodle dishes at at the two Bowtie locations, right? Uh, but at at BKK, the noodle dishes are, for the most part, items that you cannot order at other Thai restaurants. Like there's, for instance, a, a boat noodle bowl. We have a lot of noodle bowls at, at BKK mm -hmm. Cook Shop, uh, and one of them is a, a boat noodle bowl. We have uh, Thai friends from um, around the region who will come to BKK just to taste uh, our boat noodle bowl and have it because they enjoy it, and it's really difficult to find at restaurants. So what is it? I mean, for people who haven't had it, why? What, what's I'll pass that it? question to Ashera because okay. I, uh, the North Carolinian has no uh, role in the kitchens okay. at Bowtie. You should you, all take comfort in. You mean how we do it? Yeah. Uh, um, we use the the uh, ingredient is a fresh ingredient. Mm -hmm. We um, a lot of herbs. For the Thai pork herbs. noodle bowl specifically. Mm -hmm. That's what. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, noodle yeah. It's just like a marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to clarify. <laughs> right. You'll get yours later. Trust me. <laughs> um, uh, when we do boat noodle bowl, just mm -hmm. the soup thing, we have to put a lot of ingredient, like a little bit of um, pineapple, mm -hmm. a little bit of coconut milk, mm -hmm. a, lo a lot of herbs, and a lot of uh, chicken broth and all that mixed together mm -hmm. and, yeah, make the broth. Okay. Well, let's but. make sure that everybody knows where BKK is yes. and where the two bow ties are. We still haven't are. seen a flows chart for it, but BKK is in the original bow tie location, which is at the corner of New Jersey and R and mm -hmm. Shaw, which is basically like R Street between 4th and 5th. Right. Um, Bowtie Shaw is at the corner of 7th and P Streets Northwest, mm -hmm. and then Bowtie Mount Pleasant is in Mount Pleasant, right in the heart of Mount Pleasant, 3162 Mount Pleasant. But Clever. I just want to bring up two things quickly because we're going to be going to a break. But we have you have brunches? Correct. We have Bangkok Street Brunch at both Bowtie locations. It's okay. an awesome combination of street food from the capital of Thailand, mm -hmm. um, Kanam Kluk, uh, rice soup, or congee. Just an awesome combination of sweet, savory, and boozy. And yeah. one, one Tuesday a month, you do a, essentially a charity night. Every Tuesday, night. right? Every you got to keep it brief, but yeah, yes. Every right? Tuesday at BKK, we uh, donate 10% of dine-in dinner proceeds to a different nonprofit. It's Terrific a great way Tuesdays. to give back. I'm going to start a charity. And you guys are doing Dining Out for Life this year, too, yep. right? Yep. All right, uh, cool. Great. Well, we support that. All right. Thank you both so much for coming Thank in. You this so is much for David and Nikki Nellis of Foodie and the Beast. It's getting boozy in the studio. We'll be back in it just is. a sec. Come to the Marketed River Falls for the premium meats that make for delicious family holidays. Glorious briskets and short ribs for Passover and succulent lambs, hams, and roast for Easter. Passover and Easter taste better at the Marketed River Falls. This segment of Foodie and the Beast is sponsored by ProFish, D.C.'s premier seafood company. ProFish delivers only the freshest, safest, and most sustainable seafood. Visit them at ProFish.com. Actionable intel you can use. Download our free expert edition ebooks at federalnewsradio.com. Search ebook. The District Alliance for Safe Housing, also known as DASH, is kicking off its 10 year anniversary celebration with a DASH for DASH 5K race and 1K fun run walk on Saturday, July 29th. DASH is the largest dedicated safe housing provider for survivors of domestic and sexual violence in Washington, D.C. Visit dashdc.org slash events to sign up for this fun race. It's a certified course on the Metropolitan Branch Trail near Rhode Island Avenue Metro Stop. Sponsorships available. dashdc.org slash events. This is Mark Amtower. You have subject matter experts that not enough people know, sales and business development staff that need deeper connections into client agencies, or do you have content in search of an audience? These are elements of social selling, leveraging LinkedIn to create leads, get recognition for expertise, and influence government buyers. With 1.6 million feds on LinkedIn, it is part of the government ecosystem. If you're not making a pay dividends, we should talk. Email me at markamtower at gmail.com. Premature birth is the number one killer of babies. Those who survive often face birth defects and complications that affect them for life. For hundreds of thousands of families in the United States, this is the hardest thing they will ever have to face. And it's even harder on the baby. March of Dimes is providing education and support to families and funding life-saving research to give every baby a fighting chance. You can help. Do something today. Give them tomorrow at marchadimes.org slash tomorrow. We are back on Foodie and the Beast. Before we get back to the show, I just want to thank the folks at uh, ProFish, Central Farm Markets, the Market at River Falls, and Celebrity Cruises for supporting the show. Because mm -hmm. we need the money. The money. <laughs> we do. All right, let's go back to Nicole. 
uh, um, talk about the range of spirits that Magnus. Yeah, as uh, you guys were putting distills. it together, like why did you, as a distillery in D.C., how did you come up with the kind of spirits that you wanted to put out? Well, we knew without a question we wanted to be a bourbon distillery. Okay, it was everything was about bourbon from the beginning. Mm-hmm. They brought me on because they knew they needed to make money quickly. Okay, <laughs> and that's that's vodka Do you come and that's work gin, for us too? whiskey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why I'm here. Uh, that's vodka and gin. Gin and vodka take no time, and you can really craft something that's beautiful. They'll drink something that's good, but it doesn't need to sit in a barrel for ever two, four, ten years to mm-hmm. make it be beautiful. Okay. So right now we make a vodka. I have a district dry gin, which is what I would call my ga- my gateway gin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's soft. It's beautiful. If you had a bad gin night one time in college, this will hopefully bring you back to the gin world. <laughs> and then I made the gin that I made for myself, and that's my Navy Strength gin. I'll be releasing it next month, and uh, it is old and ridiculous. So what's and, the difference mm. between the two gins? So my district dry, everything is different except for the base spirit. It basically all starts with my vodka. It's 100% corn. Mm-hmm. My vodka has a little bit of bergamot orange in it, just like perk it up, make Little it a much floral. nicer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the district dry gin is soft and light and bright. I wanted everything to be about the juniper for both of them. Okay. So this one is an American juniper. The women who bring it to me literally shake trees in their backyard in Oregon and yeah. send me foraged berries from their 225 acres of uh, juniper trees in their backyard. So it's a much that lighter, so softer. Hippie. I know. <laughs> it's so fun, though. I have to tell you, it's really, really cool to get that package every every week. Um, and then I really wanted to do spice blends. So it's juniper and spices. This one, the District Dry, is based all around uh, a spice blend called Zatar. Okay. Like a Lebanese spice blend. Cool. Time, sumac, sesame. All right. What and are you making next? Because we have to go to our next let's, guest. Yeah, let's drink. Just tell me what it is. <laughs> We're just going to drink whiskey from here on out. Okay. Cool. All right. Short but sweet. Let's do it. All right. All right. So let's talk to Phil Green, who is a true Renaissance man. I just have to read a little of this. You keep saying that. Yeah, I don't play a musical instrument or speak a foreign language. You sound amazed that I would say that. He's the trademark and internet counsel to the U.S. Marine Corps. He's a noted Ernest Hemingway historian. He's a, an author in his own right, and mm-hmm. he's a founder of the Museum of the American Cocktail down in New Orleans. No, he does a lot. That qualifies as being a Renaissance man. Anybody want to <laughs> take me on? Because <laughs> no. I look I'll gentle, but I, you know. All right, so, I mean, first of all, how did all that come together? It started with my love of New Orleans and my love of history, and I searched my uh, family tree and discovered that my great-great-grandmother, her name was Marie-Louise Peychaud. Her cousin was Antoine Peychaud, who created Peychaud's Bitters. So I sort of became in your a, it's in my blood and I became sort of a New Orleans cocktail historian using that because he he created the bitters in the 1850s which ultimately found its way into the Sazerac cocktail the official cocktail of New Orleans. So mm-hmm. that was sort of my starting point but I had always had a love for Hemingway and I looked around and saw that no one had written a book about Hemingway and his cocktails plenty of magazine articles mm-hmm. but I wanted to write the definitive book and that came out in 2012 to have and have another a Hemingway cocktail companion. And I have another book that just came Subtle out. Plug, Phil. No, but no, no, thank no, you. Yeah. It's okay. He was on and here. And then, then I wrote a book about the Manhattan because the Manhattan was the first drink that that really brought vermouth, you know, the story of an immigrant named Vermouth, um, into the cocktail world, and it took off in terms of innovation from there. So it's kept me very busy, but it's a fun. Well, habit. here's a side note because mm-hmm. I I ran with the Bulls once. Did he ever actually run, or did he just go there and drink and he, watch it he, happen? He took part in I think 1923 in an event called the Amateurs. It was sort of an amateur bullfighting 
uh, event, and a friend of his got knocked down by a bull, and he famously, there's a photo of it, uh, led the bull away from his friend so he wouldn't get gored or trampled. That's funny. I saw somebody get knocked down, and I famously ran like <laughs> yeah. a son of a gun in the other direction. Okay, back to your cocktails, Phil. Thank yeah, you very no much. No more about me. All Let's right. talk about you. <laughs> right. Well, uh, next Friday I'll be doing an event for the Shakespeare Theater, uh, mm -hmm. shakespeartheater.org. Uh, drink hyphen like hyphen Hemingway. Uh, it's they're doing an adaptation of the Sun Also Rises called the Select. So I'll be doing a cocktail seminar an hour and a half before the curtain goes up, where I'll be doing four different drinks. I'm doing the Jack Rose, which is a drink that uh, Jake Barnes drinks at the Hotel Creon, uh, waiting for Brett to show up, and she never shows up. I'm also doing a hot rum punch. Hemingway which loves hot, drinking right now. which is what we're drinking right now Delicious. with Papa's Pilar uh, rum. Uh, Hemingway wrote a letter to his friend Sherwood Anderson and said, we're, we're sitting outside at the cafe and it's so cold, but we're drinking rum punch hot and the rum enters into us like the Holy Spirit. I mean, you would see this kind of writing even in, in his letters. Uh, so that's, that's a very easy uh, to, uh, punch to make with Papa's Pilar rum from the Hemingway Rum Company. And then I'm doing an aperitivo, Peixo's aperitivo, the family name again. I'm now doing some work for them. But um, and it's a tremendous drink, you know, aperitif bitters being very popular in Europe and Paris. But uh, the Jack Rose uh, is a very simple cocktail to make. Uh, about two ounces of, of uh, Laird's Apple Jack, half an ounce of lime juice, half an ounce of grenadine. And you shake that up. And it's, it's, very, it's a sour cocktail, very similar to the, the daiquiri or the margarita. You know, the basic three-part sweet, sour, and strong. And it's, it's a lovely drink. I'm hung up on what... Hemingway said about the rum punch because the rest of us would say we're outside it's cold we're drinking rum punch and it's good and he said it entered into us like the Holy Spirit well yeah he had a way with words of course he but did. even in his letters he I mean, he put in he uh, was Hemingway. <laughs> yeah no he, he he didn't he didn't hold back in, in any any medium but uh, wait Irving Hemingway or Ernest, <laughs> Ernest Hemingway? Right. okay so, but now let's talk about, so when people come to this event that you're doing, I mean, it's an hour and a half, so you're going to be pouring cocktails, but you're also going to be giving them all the history? Right. It's a PowerPoint uh, where I show vintage photographs, excerpts from The Sun Also Rises, stories about the other participants in the, in the novel, which were actually based on his friendships in Paris. A lot of them weren't happy with how they were characterized. One of them threatened to kill him. Mm -hmm. uh, one uh, Paris bartender said uh, it was six, six characters in search of an author with a gun, you know, he, he tended to put his friends, uh, for better or for worse, into his novels and short stories. Um, but I'll be demonstrating how to make uh, the, you know, the Jack Rose, the hot rum punch. I'm also doing a martini, which Jake and Brett drank at the Palace Hotel. I'm using Forge Gin and Dolan Dry Vermouth. Uh, mm -hmm. And he shook the martini in that in 1926, long before Ian Fleming was telling us that James Bond liked his martinis shaken, not stirred. But uh, so it's what. So what is the preference of the shaken? Is it because uh, the ice melts faster? It, it'll melt faster. You get shards of ice in there. It's it's a matter of taste. You know, typically mm -hmm. the rule of thumb is you you stir a drink that's going to end up clear, like a Manhattan or a Martini, and you shake a drink that's going to end up cloudy anyway, like a daiquiri or a margarita or something like that. Mm -hmm. But if you want to shake your Martini or your Manhattan, go for it. Okay. You know? No judgment. No, no cocktail police will show shake up. Shake your Martini. <laughs> what um, are people going to be drinking during the show? They are. We're going to be serving. Nice. Serving uh, the Peixos Aperitivo, the Jack Rose, the Hot Rum Punch, and the Martini. Uh, and Brad, you could sort of do it like, um, like uh, what's that movie? Oh, God, my brain is dead today. But, you know, like, people could drink. 
like during the show, like oh, when right. like whenever the martini comes out, everybody gets martinis. Oh, you're thinking <laughs> of the one uh, the, at the Flying V Theater. Well, I, we had people. There is a uh, play uh, going on right now. We had them in studio a couple of weeks ago, and every time they say certain words, everybody gets to drink and in the audience. And I was like, that's that's really a different way to do yeah. theater. We'll but have to brainstorm. The headline said they're pouring out of the theater. Right. But given that there's so many drinks in the play and in the different scenes, it could be. I mean. People would be really drunk, but it could be kind of fun. All right, do you want to give the the how to get the tickets information and all that? Please go to uh, ShakespeareTheater.org, uh, and that's theater, T-R-E. I, mm-hmm. I suppose uh, the other one's probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, theater. Theat- yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, ShakespeareTheater.org forward slash drink hyphen like hyphen Hemingway, and that's next Friday, the 24th of March at 630, and the curtain for uh, the select rises at 8 o'clock. Okay. So. That'll be um, a lot of fun. And also, but you have some other things coming up, right? Other things coming up. The next day, I'm doing uh, the History Happy Hour at the Archives. Uh, Derek Brown, uh, John Lermayer, Julio Cabrera, and Simon Ford will be talking about Cuban cocktails. So that mm-hmm. is the Hemingway tie-in. Uh, and I'm also doing a, a, a cocktail dinner around both books at Macon, Macon Bistro and oh. Larder in Chevy Chase, mm-hmm. um, my neighborhood, That's on right. April 18th. Right. That hasn't been announced yet, but I just did, I guess. Right. By the yeah, way, Macon say, has um, the best deviled eggs in D.C. They're amazing. DC. Yeah. They're very good deviled eggs. And I'll be doing Tales of the, Tour on, Tales of the Cocktail on Tour in Scotland, uh, Edinburgh, on Monday, April 3rd. So busy, busy. You are very busy. All right. Well, thank you for coming thank you. in and uh, sharing all this fabulous information and all the great cocktails. Oh, and I'll bring you your Jack Rose right okay, now. Okay, please. I'm like sitting here waiting. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't have enough glassware. If my in front feet were of touching the floor, nervous. I'd be tapping my feet. So let's talk pizza and more, gourmet pizza and more with Tony Conti. Tony, I did a thank little you. at the beginning, a little intro on your background, but um, I still find it interesting the career switch. Why don't we talk a little bit about your where you trained as a chef and what you did before this very cool concept? Sure. <clears throat> I came from uh, from New York City. Worked at uh, <clears throat> restaurant John George. And now you're just gonna start name dropping. For, uh, yeah. No, I told Nikki about when uh, I told Tony about when he came in here and he just had his facial and Nikki was like, "Oh, I know, I oh, touched his face." George. He was like, "Don't touch my face." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch my face. <laughs> so I worked there for uh, four years and uh, <clears throat> moved down here. And worked at the Oval Room for I think it was about eight and a half years. Oh wait, you're going years. too fast. Working for him, is right? It, I mean, is what's what's it like in that kitchen? Is he cracking a whip? Like, whoosh? I mean, he 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 is not. He is what you saw him here. You know, he's ninety nine percent of the time mm. in a good mood, uh, good spirits. It's like Nikki. Uh, true, yeah. true. And he, I'm uh, happy. You know, and, and if you had culinary questions for him, you could easily ask him. He was very approachable. You know, he, he was there with us. Um, mm-hmm. He loved doing the A caviar. And so anytime someone came in, he always made that himself when he was there. So it was a great experience to, to be in the building with him um, at a time where you were looking for that guidance, that information from someone like him. Um, and so we had that opportunity there, not like now where he's traveling. Right. right. So then you came to D.C. Then I came to D.C. And how did that happen? Were you looking? Were you? We were looking. New York was a, a pit stop um, and trying to figure out where in the country we were going to land. And family was down here. Uh, and so we had to come down here three or four times over the time we lived in Manhattan and really enjoyed our time here. Mm-hmm. And so this could be a good place for, you know, the, the combination of suburbs and city. You could pick either one. And in Manhattan, it's city. All right. right. We're going to go to break in a minute, but I want to, when we get back, how you to talk about how you decided to go from fine dining chef to... Well, because we want, I mean, just 
fine. You've been picture. in studio before. We've talked right. about the Oval Room. I mean, the kind of cuisine you were doing there was right. really, you know, top of the line and very avant-garde for what was happening in the district. And now you've gone out to the suburbs. So we want to talk about that transition. Sure. All right. This is David and Nikki Nellis from Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a second. This is Roger Waldron, president of the Coalition for Government Procurement and host of Off the Shelf. My show brings a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Each week, I talk to experts from inside and outside government about the latest federal compliance and policy information for government contractors. Join me every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 11 a.m. for Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio 1500 a.m. or download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Off the Shelf. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. If you've ever worked for a large company that provides services to a customer, at some point you may have said, Huh, I think I might be able to do this better on my own. Well, this is a show for people who actually take the step off the ledge and fend for themselves in the cutthroat world that is government contracting. I'm Alan Scott of Columbia Technology Partners and host Ready to Prime. Part information, part inspiration, and all small business. Heard the last Tuesday of every month on Federal News Radio 1500 AM or on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Search Ready to Prime. I'm more resourceful than I thought. My suit can still make an impression. My video games are still game changers. And my lamp can bring others a bright future. Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill, it helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Now my stuff gets a second chance. And will give someone in my community a second chance too. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. That's Goodwill.org. This message brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking to Tony Conti, uh, late of the Oval Room, now uh, uh, working out of his new place in in Darnstown, which sounds far away, but it's really not. It's just outside the Beltway, uh, Inferno, Pizzeria Napoletana. <laughs> so how what happened there? How did you decide to do that? Well, I made I made pizza in in high school, and growing up in New Haven has its own style of pizza. My introduction. First to <coughs> Naples style pizza was to Amy's when I came down here from New York mm-hmm. City, so it was definitely something different than what I had experienced before. Sure, because it's soupy pizza, totally it, different. It's totally different, mm-hmm. and it is a whole nother challenge. And so for me, um, and some of the things that we created at Overroom were a little extreme, and this was an extreme move. And and so I think it was hard for people to kind of. See where we went from a restaurant that was three and a half stars to this, right? right? But it's not just a pizzeria. I mean, we're looking at some beautiful Correct. dishes here. So, so when the idea was to have a small space where we could serve pizza, which in its own right was difficult to do in that little space, at the same time be able to create another restaurant within a restaurant where mm-hmm. we could do the food that we have created at Oval Room and all the experiences that we had in New York and all the other cooking that we've done prior to that. So I didn't want to lose that. So I didn't want to put that in the box, put on the shelf and say, someday we'll pull it out. Let's continue the evolution of where we left off in DC 
with the tastings that we do every couple of weeks or every three weeks, depending on what's so, happening yeah, in our how world. How does it work? So, like, if we're just coming into the restaurant, let's say, what's the re- give us like the regular menu, and then but this stuff is not on the regular menu. This stuff is not on the menu. So, right. you know, when you come in, this stuff is going to disappear as soon as we okay. go to a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, can we explain what? Can we stop calling it this stuff? Could you please tell us what you brought in? So you have three samples of uh, things that we've done for the tasting menu. Mm-hmm. First, you have uh, what we usually start with is our version of a caviar from, from New York. So it's Meyer lemon curd, uh, caviar, a little Tuscan olive oil. Uh, next would be one of our, our raws. This one we just did last weekend is uh, uh, local oysters mm-hmm. from, uh, from Maryland. Beautiful. <clears throat> a a uh, broth made of uh, rhubarb juice and bonino vinegar. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of uh, fennel. I know rhubarb is back, right? It, 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 it is, is that back. time of year. Yep, um, a little fennel and some more rhubarb. And next is our version of the classic vitello tonato. Mm-hmm. Um, in place of tuna mayonnaise, we used a spicy parmesan puree, and then some pickled serranos, some herbs, Beautiful. a little bit of uh, capers. So when you come to your restaurant, it's predominantly a pizza menu it is predominantly pizza menu the only way you get to a tasting is either going to the site there's a button on the site for a tasting menu for dates that are coming mm-hmm. um and we've amassed uh, uh, a email list over the time when we opened up um speaking to people and so when we do send it out we only have about 12 seats when we do it so they fill pretty fast we send them out to the people that have either called to be part of the email list mm-hmm. for that so it's not you know uh we normally send that out, and within an hour, so it's it gone. So it's at like the bar, like where is it's it? At, it's at the counter, mm-hmm. um, where we we do it. That's why the counter was there. It wasn't to watch us make pizza. I mean, it's not that exciting. <laughs> okay. So that was for us to be able to interact with the guests that were coming in for the tasting menu, be able to give you any you know backdrop or stories based on what we were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it has evolved to another table in the restaurant. We have a communal table there, so we'll usually do two, sometimes three seatings. Um, hmm. depending on the day that we're doing it. And I, I kind of fluctuate around. So it'll either happen during a week, it'll happen on a Friday, it'll happen on a Saturday, or all three. Okay. Have you mentioned but... Facebook Live? Because they, they can see all this stuff. Yes, we're on Facebook Live. We're on Facebook Live. <laughs> she hasn't mentioned it, but I just did. I have Thanks. social media did, but I have not said it now <laughs> okay, on the right. show. <laughs> hey, this is uh, gorgeous. Yeah, it beautiful. is. It's beautiful. Well, let's talk a little bit about the pizzas that you're sure. doing. Um, so... How did you train to do the kind of pizza that you wanted? Like, how did you come up with your crust? I mean, everybody is very specific about their pizzas. True. So what I wanted to do was, as I was learning a little bit more about this, when I made a decision, this is the direction I was going in. Um, when you do go to Twamies, you see the VPN certification and the backdrop or the story, what that's about. Because we, my you, father... You have to go to Naples to get it? You I mean, can if you like. So my father's from Naples. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to do something that was of my heritage, right? So that made sense to me to do that and then to try to create New Haven pizza down here, right? Been there, done that, didn't want to do that, something different. So I went out to LA versus going to Naples. Um, okay, I would have gone to Naples, but go ahead. I'm the amo in Italia, my man. So I went, I went out to, uh, to LA, spent a week with those guys that, mm-hmm. that do the certification in, in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent some time with them and we use their basic recipe. Uh, what we do here is something similar to that. Uh, there, we used a single flower. I opted to do three flower blend. Okay. Makes it a little bit more different, a little bit harder to keep consistent. Um, and then as we've evolved since we've opened, uh, most of the pizzas are the two that are standard and everything else changes based on what we get. Mm-hmm. And so this year, our goal is to 
buy as many things local as we can outside of some of the things that we cannot. And that will drive the pizzas and the menu for the rest of the year. We got to go. You were, yeah. no, I mean, you were nice enough to drop off some of the pizzas at we the did. house we a couple them. of weeks yeah. ago. And they were delicious. But we got to go there. Yes, we do. We, we drive by there all the time. We got to go. Well, not really, but no, we'll go. Well, I mean, <laughs> we, we were just out there. We okay. just drove, drove out downtown. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Maybe Unless you were she's downtown. Else. No, no. <laughs> and my other wife, okay. my other pain in the butt. <laughs> well, you um, had two others, so uh, it's completely possible. But as I'm happy to say, they died of exhaustion, so they're gone. All right, let's give the address. So we are at 12207 Darnstown Road. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, radio is the theater of the mind. But if you if you're watching Facebook Live and you see these other two dishes, they're really beautiful. Three dishes. They're mo- look at that caviar. I know it looks great. Give me a spoon, somebody. Okay. Quick. All Somebody right. feed this man quickly. All right. All right. Well, Tony, thank you so much for coming. Thank in. you for having us. Thanks, Tony. All right, Nicole, Nicole. We're back to you, real quick. This is nuts. This is like you could you could drive a space shuttle. I haven't yeah. sipped it yet because I really shouldn't be sipping anything more, else I won't be able to speak <laughs> properly. Like, yeah, I have this, enough problems as is. This, uh, but it smells delicious. Night, I call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is our uh, our Joseph Magnus bourbon. This is the reason that we actually exist. Okay. It's a triple cask finished nine year bourbon. So the company really started nine years ago. No. No, 10 years ago? How long ago? Like, how do you do it? In September of 2015. Okay. We started making bourbon. We started making rye, gin, and then vodka. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to be extremely proud of the first release of whiskeys that we had. Right. So in addition to making our own, mm-hmm. we also sourced whiskey. Got so this it. is sourced whiskey that then we try to take. I didn't understand how that works. You're like, it's nine years. And I was like, yeah, but you guys just launched. No, so. yeah. Which is why we have the most brilliant woman, Nancy Fraley. She's our mm-hmm. master blender. She's the reason that these whiskeys taste like they do. Okay, great. Look She's... at Nicole giving credit. Where I know, yeah. No. I learned all I do is listen. You know, some she people might say, I did everything. <laughs> no, no way. Um, and that's why this uh, whiskey is, exists. It uh, sits in Oloroso Sherry Casks. Major Jimenez Sherry Cask and Cognac Cask. Okay. And then get put back together. And it is... And then, so now what's the difference between this one and the other one you're going to be pouring? The Murray Hill Club is a blended bourbon. Okay. This, they're like two really beautiful brothers sitting next to each other. Is it Murray Hill like Murray Hill in in New York? In New York, yeah. yeah. Uh, This was, Murray Hill was the most popular brand that Joseph Magnus had back before Prohibition. Mm -hmm. We don't have a recipe. We didn't know what it was. We just knew that people loved it. Okay. So Nancy also created this one as a blended bourbon, a blend of an 18-year bourbon, an 11-year bourbon, and a 9-year light whiskey. Okay. She created this to be uh, what every palate desires, basically. This one, I call the Murray Hill Club my morning bourbon, and the Joseph Agnes is my nighttime bourbon. <laughs> one wakes you up, one I puts you to you bed. An <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a distiller. That's, yeah, uh, that's yeah, what we yeah. do. Yeah. Let, me, let me distill that for you. You're an alcoholic. <laughs> uh, the other thing, if you're watching this on Facebook Live, and if you're not, I don't know why not. Because like TV, <laughs> it's so they have custom-made bottles too. The bottles are. We're going to really talk about that cool. when we come back to you because the bottles are just not the beautiful. bottles. The, the bottles. bottles. You must I be potted. There's a lot of whiskey. So now we're if I if I described. Phil Green is a renaissance man. Now we're going to talk to a man who is a juggler, a master juggler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Johnson is the executive chef at the MGM National Harbor. And, I mean, you've got more dining opportunities there that you run, plus all the in-room stuff. Uh, you got to – how did you – where did you come from? How did you learn how to do all this? Well, I mean, I'm just really old. So I've been, <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've been, doing, no, this for, I've been talking, doing this for a long dude, time. You're talking so. really old. It's very true. That's right. No, I've been um, – I've been working in restaurants since I was 13 years old, so I've been uh, I've been doing this pretty much my whole life. Um, 
Uh, I think that the the easiest way to juggle everything that happens in a large property like MGM National Harbor with all the different restaurants and venues is you really have to concentrate on hiring good people. Well, know. but let's back up. For, so since it just recently opened and maybe not everybody has been there yet, mm-hmm. how many, let's talk about how many restaurants are there, in-room dining, and then the little market area, well, not well, little, national but the, market the market really. area. Market, so yeah. h- how many restaurants, how do you want to phrase it? Like how many, how much is under your purview? Well, I, I'm responsible for all the food on the property. Okay. Um, so everybody is a, is an MGM employee in the building. So mm-hmm. um, we partner with the Voltaggio Brothers, and we mm-hmm. partner with Jose Andres' Think Food Group, and we partner with Marcus Samuelson's group. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody is, is hired through MGM. So everybody reports up through the, that, that structure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that um, we have, we're calling it 11 restaurants and bars. Okay. But there's a lot more to it because – in in these resorts, you know, there's there's like this whole commissary area downstairs where mm-hmm. there's a main kitchen, there's a, a main garmage kitchen, there's the pastry kitchen. Right. Um, our pastry chef is ridiculous, uh, Sylvain Bordolini. He's a he was the executive pastry chef at Bellagio with me for uh for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, him and his team have won chocolate championships. Portolini means little doors for those of you. Who know. <laughs> Thank means. you, David. Means for little the doors. Education. Okay, <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Tony uh, Conti cares. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so well, let's kind of go back up because we what we were there for, you know, essentially. You guys did a staycation recently, yeah, right? We did just, yeah. we but we started at Ginger, which is okay. which is your kind of Thai, Asian, Asian kind of focused thing. I mean, wh- how did the concepts develop? Why that versus something else? Well, I mean, like broad scope, like we we tend to. Like I, I came from Bellagio in uh, Las Vegas for the last. I was there for the five years before I came out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of the thought process overarching on how we pick our our concepts is we try to give everybody an excuse to not leave the building to get something to eat. So and that's how we that's how we lay things out. Um, Ginger is definitely a focus for you know the our Asian clientele who comes in um, and you know our our chef Andy Lau. He comes from. He's he's from China. He's not. Um. He was definitely not born in America. Um. And uh, Don't he worked. Say that on this radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that getting no, on the he's... plane? Andy Lau. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Andy is is legal and he's, he's amazing. <laughs> and he's an amazing chef. Um. And he worked. I he worked with you us. Even have to go there, yeah. but go ahead. <laughs> he worked. Andy's he got worked his green card right here. <laughs> He worked with us in uh, in Las Vegas. He was at Aria at um, okay. at Lemongrass. So, okay, so you have Ginger, and then but with the Voltaggio brothers and Jose mm-hmm. and uh, Marcus Hamilton, are you involved in those projects? Yeah, we work with them. Obviously, you know we partner with them, so they bring their concepts into mm-hmm. into uh, the MGM National Harbor because of what they deliver. You know, sure, like, of course, and, and, and how, their name recognition. The, exactly, their name recognition. Um, but their, their kitchens are their kitchens. Uh, their kitchens are their kitchens. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody, it's a partnership. Okay. So. And then um, we have to take a quick break. But when we sure. come back, I want to talk okay. about the marketplace. Because awesome. you have so much going on there, and it's really cool. There's a lot of fun stuff for Yeah, sure. and you brought a lot of fun stuff, so. so we'll get into that. All right, this is David Nicky Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We are kind of gambling not really he didn't bring any chips but whatever you can gamble at the mgm grand or or you, you can... can lose money like we did <laughs> or you can eat really well we'll be back in just a sec
I'm Aileen Black. And I'm Gigi Shum. Together, we host Women of Washington. You'll hear the inspiring and amazing stories of women who have paved their own path to success and achieved incredible milestones in their careers. Some have leaned in. Others took an unconventional approach. All have made an impact on the business landscape of Washington, D.C. and beyond. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 1 for Women of Washington, Federal News Radio, 1500 a.m. Download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Women of Washington. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. I want to be a warm place on a I want to be day. a football I stadium. I want to be a bike that races around the country. I want to be a bench on a forest trail. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Tacos with cheese and a large soda, that's $10,012. Please drive around. Wait, 10000 what? It's obvious you're buzzed and driving. I've only had a few. I'm fine. Yeah, the food's 12 bucks, but getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Please drive around. Actually, just park and come in. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This segment of Foodie and the Beast is sponsored by ProFish, D.C.'s premier seafood company. ProFish delivers only the freshest, safest, and most sustainable seafood. Visit them at ProFish.com. Read what's on the minds of your peers and managers. Download our free executive surveys at federalnewsradio.com. Search surveys. Come to the market at River Falls for the premium meats that make for delicious family holidays. Glorious briskets and short ribs for Passover and succulent lambs, hams, and roast for Easter. Passover and Easter taste better at the market at River Falls. And we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. So you just heard a little spot from the market at River Falls. We love those guys, yeah. Jim and Yasmin. Uh, we want to thank ProFish, Celebrity Cruises, and Central Farm Markets for sponsoring and partnering with us. And let's mm-hmm. get back to Jason Johnson. So, Jason. You brought in all this food. Tell yes. us what you brought in. Well, tell us about National Market and how all this comes so, to us. So, the National Market um, at MGM National Harbor, typically in an MGM resort casino environment, uh, Bellagio Aria, MGM Grand, um, you would you would go in and there would be a buffet, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we kind of looked at the landscape and we saw, you know, like the, the food hall movement popping up. Uh, throughout the country and right. in, in different markets, and we decided um, that we were going to take our first crack at it. Mm-hmm. So, and this is it. Oh, so, this is the first time. Yeah, yeah this, this is the, the this time. is the first oh, I didn't one. Realize so, that. yeah. So, we just rolled it out. So, you know, in that, you know, we researched a bunch of different places around the, around the country, mm-hmm. a bunch of different food halls, a bunch of different uh, quick service restaurant concepts, and um, and you know, we came up with this, and you know, it's been received really well. Um, well, let me ask a question because I I don't well, maybe I should know this. Bellagio and MGM are not owned by the same people, correct? No, they are. They are. Yeah. So they came to you and said, "We're going to do this this property in well, I was National at, Harbor, wherever yeah. that is." I was at Bellagio. I was the executive sous chef for Bellagio right. for five years. You gotta move over. So um, so yeah. So when this position came up, um, I was lucky enough to be offered the position. And then they said, "Do you have any ideas?" Or they said, "We want to do this marketplace." How does they that basically happen? said that we're going to do this and we need tacos here and we need pizza there and we need sushi there i said come up with a menu well but here's what's interesting though you brought let's talk about who's featured in the marketplace because you have shake shack in there and then you have some local 
uh, like somebody's from Baltimore, right? Like yeah. you have different. Shake Shack. I mean, Shake. Everybody knows Shake Shack. Right. Shake Shack is great. Um, there's always the line. Um, crab cakes. Yeah, the crab cakes. Steve Pappas. We're working with the the Pappas guys out of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first came on the project, me and uh, Allison Bybee, who was here oh, yeah. a, she was a few here months a year back, ago. yeah, and um and Mike, our general counsel, who's from the area, he took us around and he showed us some of those uh some of the like the hallmark crab cake places mm-hmm. so we could come in and and make our own crab cake you know every chef can make his own crab cake but you know it's really near and dear to the people of maryland and uh, and the area so yeah, we so figured you screw with it yeah so we figured not we're not going to screw with this one right um the screw one so. was so no. <laughs> i almost said the other thing but i did so. no, that's good nick because we need so. the show <laughs> so so we we partnered with uh, Steve Pappas and his restaurant group. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody loves the crab cakes on Thursday nights, Friday nights, Saturday nights. You know, whenever there's a show in, the place is packed. I mean, they have a line like Space Mountain at Disneyland. It's mm-hmm. just like it's crazy. And um, I mean, I I had always heard about how people from Maryland respond to crab cakes and mm-hmm. and how near and dear it is to them, but I didn't think it was like that. Right, at you all. just didn't no. know how bad it I was. Thought it was. Well, that's because one of the secret ingredients is crack. <laughs> um, but like what about you brought, in, uh, you brought in donuts and chicken and pizza yeah. let's hear and i don't know what else that is over there so this is a breakfast sandwich um okay. on a brioche bun this is this is uh one of our breakfast options at the at the deli um fried chicken and donuts honey's fried chicken and donuts mm-hmm. you know it's uh, there's a couple places like this that are popping up now i told the kids to come to this show but well, they didn't yeah. listen <laughs> it's kind of like the natural evolution of chicken and waffles, mm-hmm. of course, because donuts are better than waffles. Right. Um, ZZ's Pizza, that one is, ZZ is actually named after my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, ZZ is uh, Italian for aunt, and uh, my okay. grandmother. Johnson is a very Italian name. It's also Irish, so I'm half Irish, half Italian. There's a lot of uh, that going around. <laughs> especially in the New York region. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, so my grandmother was a stereotypical grandmother from the Bronx um, with the house dress and the stockings rolled down to her ankles, and she was always stirring <laughs> the Sunday gravy. Um, I but caught she Nikki made... in that outfit last <laughs> night. It was hot. <laughs> Very hot. Yeah. We all have our things. That's right. I'm not saying anything disrespectful about your grandmother. You understand that. I'm just saying she looked hot. That's all. <laughs> So yeah, so so my grandmother always made these um these great pizzas that were um you know in uh, half sheet pans mm-hmm. that were phenomenal and you could always I could still taste the uh, the acidity from the tomato and the. Was crispiness. it tomato pies or was it pizza pizzas? No, with tomato pies, Philadelphia. Is that only Philly? Mm-hmm. No. It was it was more of just like a, a sheet pan pizza, but mm-hmm. it was it was phenomenal. And I actually asked my uh, my cousin Cheryl when my when my grandmother passed. My cousin Cheryl, who lived in the same house, because all Italians live in the same house. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, she held she held all the recipes back. So one day later, you know, when I started playing around with pizza doughs at um, when I was actually out in Los Angeles, also just like Tony, um, I, like asked her, I asked her, I asked I asked her for here. the recipe. <laughs> I asked her for the recipe, and uh, my cousin Cheryl, and she emails it to me, and in true like Italian grandmother form, like I get this this scanned copy of an index card, and it says uh, flour. Yeah. Salt, tomatoes, yeast. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and there was there was no water. There was no there was no measurements no, to nothing. it. And I was like, oh, it's fantastic. Thank you so much, you're Grandma. Chef. You can figure that out. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right, we're gonna have to wrap up, yes. but 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 
All I can say is it's an unsolicited testimonial. Go to the MGM for the fun, for the food. Do a staycation there. It's 10 minutes from everywhere in Washington. It's a great we had way a to blast. And the spa was fun. fabulous. Spa was great. Our room was awesomeness. Yeah, we did Good. have a beautiful Glad you guys room. enjoyed. We, we really did. did. So. All, right. all right. Well, thank, thank you so you. much for joining us. And um, everybody dig in. I mean, you're all looking at it. So, uh, yeah. come on. Let's uh, um, dig into the food. Um, Nicole, let's go back to you. Why? I don't understand the cigar and the bourbon and the whatever. So, uh, in true Nancy Fraley form, mm-hmm. <laughs> we had whiskey that we didn't really know what to do with. A lot of it is purchased whiskey. So you whiskey. put out a cigar in it. So, no. <laughs> no. She was sitting outside smoking a pipe and okay. thinking about an 11-year, 36% rye bourbon that we had mm-hmm. and realized. Wait, she was smoking a pipe? Yeah. What was in that pipe? Uh, all good things. Okay. <laughs> We're in D.C. It's totally cool. <laughs> She's in San Francisco, so oh, even better. Right. Oh, right. So, <laughs> okay. uh, and so she, she uh, had a light bulb moment and realized that using this 36% rye and making it even more beautiful by adding some of this Joseph Magnus bourbon, the triple cast finished bourbon, that with Armagnac is heaven. Mm-hmm. And she made it really so we can sit down and smoke a cigar and enjoy each third of that cigar with the changing of this whiskey. And it's absolutely out of this world. It's out of this world. Yeah, to sit down and as your cigar changes, this whiskey opens up and changes with it. And it's just one of the most amazing experiences. So, is that whiskey available now? It is. Okay. All the all the products you brought in today are available. Are available except for the Navy Strength Gin will be available next all week. Right, available okay. where? And then, so all over DC, Montgomery County, all over Virginia. Mm-hmm. But DC is the place to get it, and at our distillery, which right. is in Ivy City, which is mm-hmm. such an amazing little part of town. Are you now. back near near? Profish and all of that. We are, yeah, two blocks away from Pro from Profish. So okay. for those of you who still don't know where Ivy City is, it's basically that left turn or right turn off of New, New York, York Avenue, exactly where the Hex Warehouse was. Yep, yeah, that's it right Oakie behind Street? us. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah. So we are on 16th and West Virginia Avenue, mm-hmm. technically the same building that Atlas Brewery is in, or the okay. upstairs. So. Come drink with if us. If you come to the distillery, <laughs> yeah. is it a bar? Like, yeah, a we're open Wednesday through Sunday as a cocktail bar. Okay, So oh, cool. we change the menu every month because in D.C., the cocktails that we make have to be the majority our spirits that we produce. So okay. we love pushing the boundaries of exploring the cool different flavors that we can do with all of these things that we make. So wow. we do some really interesting cocktails, and it's fun every single month. What changes. I love is that that area, which used to be just warehouses and crap basically has become a whole other place I know, to go. There's like something there's that we would have never like imagined. Like in the last six months. Oh yeah. So many restaurants have restaurants. opened there. Oh, God, know, it's all insane. I ever wanted. It's really cool. <laughs> I live to eat. It's right. a lot of booze every day. You, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta to something drink. I already know that. <laughs> we got your number. We all know right. what you're doing. So tell everybody how to find you guys online. Uh, we are everything at District Magnus, all social media. Mm-hmm. Come to the website, josephmagnus.com. Uh, to get information on special blends and special releases that we do, the only way to do it is to sign up for the newsletter. Okay, okay. it we'll sells out people. immediately, All so right. you gotta you gotta get on well, it. Well, unfortunately, the show's about to end. I want to thank did. you. This was a great show. It was a it lot really of fun, and a lot of beautiful and good food. Uh, everything you guys heard uh, on the show today, you can find on the listareyouonit.com, Nikki's mm-hmm. website. You mm-hmm. can listen to her. You follow her on Twitter along with eight billion other people. And a lot of people following my wife. I don't like that. But um, and uh, what? Else? Oh, and listen to her on WTOP every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's on live at twelve forty on Thursdays. But Correct. all kinds of special. What time? 
Yes, it keeps moving around uh, as special features and all that. So be sure to listen. Okay, and we want to thank everybody again for being in studio with us today, bringing all this fabulous food and amazing cocktails. I think everybody should get an Uber on the way home today. Um, and we can't wait for our show next week. We have Hula Girl, Michaela, coming back in. She's going to uh, serve some uh, Spam Sushi for us in studio. So it'll be spam a delicious sushi, show. Spam Sushi, my favorite. I know. So again, everybody, thank you for coming in studio today, and please have a delicious week. WFED Washington, WWFD Frederick, WWWTFM HD2 Manassas, WTLP FM HD2 Braddock Heights Frederick, the Washington, D.C. home of Navy Athletic.